in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. Yesterday at Mountain West Media Days, Marcus Arroyo said 85% of the UNLV football team is vaccinated. That includes uh, players and coaches. So that's like the entire program. Uh, He said they were hoping to get to 90%. We talked to Craig Thompson yesterday who said that seven of the teams in the Mountain West are over 80% um, and said that if you have a depleted roster because of positive COVID tests, there's not going to be any rescheduling, postponing. It's going to be a straight-up forfeit for teams this season. That's sort of the Mountain West joining a bunch of sports leagues and conferences saying, hey, get vaccinated, or there's going to be some yeah. consequences on the field. Well, good for Marcus Arroyo and UNLV being at yeah. that level. A couple things came out yesterday is interesting. Boise State coach said he was vaccinated but they were, they need to get better at this. That was interesting to me. He's like, I don't know what that means. That means 60%, 70%. But more importantly, and I'm going to switch conferences here, later in the day, it was reported that Nick Rolovich, uh-huh. who used to be at Hawaii, said he can't travel to Pac-12 Media Day because he's not vaccinated. And he says it's a personal choice. It is a personal choice. I was stunned because to me, if I'm a head coach, and again, I don't know Rolovich other than he brought crazy people to Mountain West Day, so he obviously has some serious personal feelings about not getting vaccinated. But if I'm a coach of a team and I'm telling our kids, hey, if we're not 85%, we could forfeit games. Now, there were statements from the AD and the president that said but didn't say you need to get vaccinated. Yeah. This this is a serious issue, especially the AD. It's like we continue to talk to him. We're not going to forfeit games. I don't know Nick Volovich. I don't know what his personal issues are, or not, I shouldn't say issues. His his reasons are. I w- Tyler. I was shocked. Like I was shocked. There was a head coach who sits, probably sits in front of him. And by the way, how can you sit in the room and tell kids to do it if you haven't done it right? It's, I, I just, it was shocking to me. It is fascinating, simply from the standpoint of how we know college football and NFL coaches operate. Where it's all about football. It's all about the team. Everything in their life, the most important thing is how does this impact and winning games? Yes. Right. That's all they care about. And not being vaccinated hurts your chances at winning football games. So for a coach to not be vaccinated, it's it's bizarre because what we think when we think of college football coaches is yeah, we we don't care what's in the vaccine. It means my team has a chance to win. So we're all getting vaccinated. Doesn't matter what I like. I read the headline, I thought it was a joke. I'm like, you're telling me he's not vaccinated and he's not going to go to media day. And his, I mean, again, he says it's a personal reason. That's fine. Everyone has the choice to do this or not. But I was shocked a college football coach did this. Yeah. And if I'm the AD, I mean, I'm sorry. It's like, look, we're paying you millions of dollars. I don't know what Rolovich makes. He obviously makes, you know, a couple million probably at a Pac-12 school. And I have him in the room. I'm like, look, one way or the other here, but we're not going to forfeit games here. And by the way, if you're on the stipulations of the protocols of the Pac-12 and you're not vaccinated, there's whole, like, distancing and mask and everything. How in the world is he going to be on the side? Yeah, how do you? Yeah, you, exactly. you can't coach that way. Yeah. So, it's yeah, it's bizarre. It's bizarre that a college football coach. I was would right now say, yeah, I'm not vaccinated. But then again, not. he brought like fortune tellers to media day. So yeah. it's a little off kilter to begin with. that fortune teller told him about <laughs> yeah, exactly. 2021. Yes. Happy to move on to the, to the next question here, Aaron. 
Yesterday, Mike Leach said that he would like to see a 64-team playoff at the SEC media days. He's coaching Mississippi State. It's Mike Leach, so I can't tell if he was being serious or not. Oh, well, I hope he was serious. I think it's hilarious. Um, Although, I'll tell you, and this had never happened. It's kind of crazy. I'm probably in the minority here. Like, I would like to see it just to see the bracket. Like, I want to see a bracket. You know, like the NCAA tournament, you look at the bracket and you start matchups and all that. Now, they're not going to do 64, obviously, but I think it'd be kind of funny to see the bracket on a 64-team bracket. I'd love to see, well, <laughs> hey, Dabble, you didn't like 12. Well, guess what? We're going to 64. <laughs> <laughs> Which would only be great. I think they should do it for two reasons. I want to see a bracket, and I want to see Dabble's response to a 64-team. But it's Leach, so how can you say he wasn't serious? Who's the poor 16 seed that was have to go play Alabama? I mean, I mean somebody that's probably bowl eligible. So yeah, cool. You're getting to uh, probably get some money. A team we might see later in the year, Texas San Antonio. <laughs> they, they, they might have to play them. Texas San Antonio is going to be a team that uh, we see later in the year. I don't care about your next question. So if you want the uh, best reasoning as to why Texas is trying to leave the Big Twelve, it's because earlier this month a Big Twelve official said that there will probably be a penalty if someone does the horns down hand gesture at a Texas player. So, so an OU guy tackles someone, sits, stands up, and does the, the horns down? Yes. That that taunting? Would be, that that would be a penalty for taunting. Um, however, if, let's say, wide receiver catches a touchdown... And he does it. ...runs towards the crowd and does horns down at the crowd, that's perfectly fine. An opposing player. Yeah, yeah. Like if an Oklahoma guy caught a touchdown and did it to the crowd, that's fine. So this is about taunting the opponent. Right. Okay, here's the thing. Why? Why can you not do horns down in the face of a Texas It's now overthinking the room again. I can't, like, it's, it's, to me, it's one of the best hand gestures an opposing Mm -hmm. team can do because Texas does the horns up and everything, and that's, they love to do it. Doing horns down is great. Yes. I love that celebration. I want to see more I mean, of it. If you're going to allow Texas to do theirs, why not just the opposite? I, I don't. I actually think the cares? logic is if a if a Texas player did horns up right in the face of an opponent, they'd probably flag the guy for taunting too. I don't remember them doing that. Well, because I don't remember most the, of the time uh, yeah. Texas players don't do horns right. up right in a guy's face. I don't remember that. Yeah, I've never remembered a Texas player getting flagged for that. But I think we need more taunting in sports, not less. I don't even. Again, like the, this is the thing where like. Um, you know, we had David on talking about, like, the NHL and the drafts. Like, well, I don't really care about that. Like, this is stuff on, like, I go past this stuff so fast, it's ridiculous. Like, who cares? And by the way, if some kid from Texas, who's probably a pretty good player, if that affects him to any level, then <laughs> I'm worried about that kid, right? It's like, oh, he did the horns down. Does this have anything to do with the fact that they keep trying to take away their train song? Like, they keep trying to take away Texas's fight songs, so and oh. they're like, oh, well, well, well. Didn't they well, already do that? Or they can't play it? I thought they already did. Yeah, but I didn't a bunch of alumni come out and be like, we will always do it no matter yes, what. Yes. But I thought they lost that battle, didn't they? I didn't know if that they ever did ever actually been uh, a... I thought the lo- they lost the battle over the uh, the Eyes of Texas is the name of the song. Yes, I couldn't remember the name yeah. of it. I, think, I thought the alumni lost that battle, but I can't remember exactly. But anyways, we'll be doing horns down in the studio yes, during college all the time. season. Doug Marsh will come in and throw a yellow flag and say, both of you get the hell out of here. Yeah, good. Yeah, well, let's leave Jared alone with the show. <laughs> Next question. Your main Mercedes has retired 
from baseball. Your main Mercedes started the season eight for eight. He had eight hits in his first eight at-bats. He was hitting like 360 at one point this year. And then he had a home run on a 3-0 pitch off of a position player. And Tony LaRusso went out of his way to light up his own player about doing the wrong thing by swinging at a 3-0 pitch in a blowout off of a position player, even though he hit a home run. After he hit that home run, your main Mercedes hit 164 wow. in Major League Baseball, got sent down to AAA. He's actually been hitting fine in AAA, but yesterday on Instagram announced that he is stepping away from the game. It sounded like he's leaving an opening for him to come back and play, but it was somewhat of a retirement post of I am gone. It's over. Yeah. Tony Larusa should, I guess, should be a, a Big Twelve official with the horns <laughs> down. Like, who cares? That, we we talked about it when it happened. It's like, oh my goodness, get off the White Sox lawn. I mean, who cares? I now again, I mean, I guess should we call into question the mental capacity of your main Mercedes to deal with stuff? I yeah, mean, probably. like, dude, if that I mean, bugged you that much, yeah. like. I guess it did. I mean, I, he, he didn't do anything after that. He's, he's he, well, he's not worse than Bellinger, who is. But I mean, he was down in the 160 range. Jared, hey, just you, wait till we hey, get to the Dodgers' hey, performance last. You night. look away. He's now at 152. <laughs> it's a bump. I mean, I hope we're getting to that in the 945 <laughs> our traditional 945 segment of. <laughs> Here's the thing on your main Mercedes, though. Like he was always going to come back to earth because he's he's well, like, yeah, going eight for eight. He's, time. Well, no, yeah. he's 28. Right, and he started the season hitting 360-something. Yeah. Like, the guy's like a career minor leaguer or whatever, and he's 28, and all of a sudden he's one of the best hitters in baseball. That wasn't going to keep up. So I think it's overly simplistic to just say Tony La Russa broke him by questioning I him. I would hope. But it is very convenient. I don't like yeah. Tony La Russa, so I think it's fair. No, I don't like him either, so... We'll blame him for everything, including the horns down rule in the Big 12. The White Sox are a good team. They've got a lot of young, fun players on that team, and I can't bring myself to cheer for him because it means Tony the yes, is doing is going to well. win. It genuinely is. He is a great advocate for animals, and it's like I I still don't like him. Larusa is yeah, oh, like, huge, like, like, huge, really, yeah, and it's still like eh, you drunk. He, get he, out of here. He is in uh, the camp of you and I with dogs. Okay. Like um, uh, saving dogs. I mean, you know, uh, everything. Everything about dogs. He's very, very. That's one of his main things. So yeah. that's the good part the about only likable thing. Yeah, the only likable thing about Tony Larusa. Dogs have never swung at a three zero pitch against a position player. That's they true. play the game the right way. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that lab plays this thing the right way. Oh, uh, you know, I can't tell you that. Nico Medved has signed an extension with Colorado State. He's the head basketball coach there. What I thought was funny about this is that Nico Medved's original contract had him signed through 2026. His extension has him signed through 2027. He got a, a one-year extension from Colorado State, and that's it. So he's still going to be there. Not to – okay, here's the thing. He has done well at – Colorado State like they've been a solid Mountain West team for the last couple of years but here's the problem the Mountain West has not had good coaches in a long time like that's been one of the biggest issues with this conference and I think this is a perfect example of what's wrong with the Mountain West Nico Medved is getting an extension he has never been to the NCAA tournament like Colorado State got a coach who got them into like the NIT 
and they said, well, this is the best coach we've had in years. That's what counts as success in this conference, and they end up extending those types of coaches. And that, to me, is the issue. This conference needs better coaches. They need to be extending guys because they made the NCAA tournament, not because they got close. Who's your best coach right now in the league? I guess Dutchers had the most success. I think, Al- I think Alford's a pretty good coach. Yeah, but what's he, again, what's he done? Yeah. They've, they've been a good I mean, here's a hot take. Here's team. a hot take for you that's not very hot at all. I think Colorado State wins the league. Yeah, they might. They absolutely might. Not a very hot take yeah. because they're going to be picked one or two in every poll. Yeah. But I mean, who, <laughs> along I mean, with Alford. You look at the Mountain West, and, and the last five or six years, the two most or the three most successful coaches are Brian Dutcher, um, Eric Musselman, and Craig Smith. Muscleman yeah. left for Arkansas. Craig Smith left for Utah. They were yeah. both in the conference for like three or two or three right. years. Yeah. Dutcher's the only one that stayed, even though he flirted really hard with Minnesota. Right. Right. But that's it. Like the conference can't keep coaches that go to the NCAA tournament because other schools come along and they extend guys like Medved who don't actually are good enough yeah. to get the bigger job. Well, it's just, it's a bad spot. I mean, to it's, be a, it's a league that once had Lon Kruger, Steve Fisher. Um, Eric Musselman, right? Like he had really good coaches, yeah. and that has fallen off. Yeah, and I, I, to me, like when we talk about like every year, what what's the Mountain West need to do to get more teams in? Uh, this Atlantic Ten Challenge, the Net, and all this. To me, it always you go back to the coaching, and you look at okay, who are the coaches in this conference? Why aren't they recruiting better players or winning with the players they have at a higher level? Leon Rice is the greatest example. He's been a good coach at Boise State. What have they been to? One NCAA tournament under Leon Rice? Yeah. And, I, and I, that is success in the conference. I only put him in the top three for his ability to kneel down and pump his fist after <laughs> he gets a call. Like, he's in my top three for that. But, like, he, I mean, he's the perfect example of, like, Boise State's generally one of the, you know, their fourth or fifth best team in the conference, and they're a good Mountain West team. But they're like an NIT level team. They're not an NCAA yeah. tournament team. And Leon Rice is what is he the long? He's the longest tenure coach du- in the conference. Well, head coach, uh, Dutcher, yeah, head coach. yeah, but Dutcher's head coach, well. head, yeah, he's been there Dutcher's forever. Been here for twenty years. <laughs> um, the but I, you know what, I'll be interested, in, and I don't think he can win there because I think it's a job that you can't win at. Um, Tim Miles was good at CSU. He didn't do much at Nebraska. I think at the one NCAA tournament and at Nebraska, so, actually, yeah. that's that, not bad. Yes. At, but, but he can't win at San Jose State. So yes. I don't know if we'll see anything. He was pretty good at Colorado State. But now he's in a job where he can't win. Yeah. And and to me, like, when you go back to the Mountain West and what's wrong, to me, it, it should always come back to the coaches. Not what the conference is doing, not what the schedules look like. It's what the coaches are. And they're just, I don't think they're good enough in this conference. All right, coming up next, are the Raiders going to be good anytime in the next three years? And the coach. I said, what in the world are you so anxious to talk to Jimmy about? He said, I just wanted to get both you little on this couch and ask you both, how could you this up? <laughs> that was Switzer. <laughs> Do you think you could answer Barry's question now? I've never, I've never been able to know why uh, I it up. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Wait, what did Jerry Jones okay. bleep up? I don't believe that because as a true Cowboys fan, when Barry won the Super Bowl, you and I could have coached that team. I don't think Barry knew what he was doing, and he just wanted to be Jimmy's assistant. <laughs> I, yeah. I think he came in and said, where's Jimmy? Because you can't possibly want me to be the head coach. And then Aikman's like, don't worry about it. I got you. Just stand oh, over there, and that, we'll do a bunch of stuff. That's one of my favorite Aikman stories of all time is him go, like them letting the clock run out on a play. 
And Barry Switzer's like, why didn't you call a timeout? And he goes, Jimmy calls the timeout. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and Barry Switzer's like, okay. Oh, all right. All right, I'll get the ring. I, was that Jerry? You know, they're doing a, they're hard knocks. So that, I mean, if I'm hard knocks, I'm like, man, I hope I film that thing to open up the series. They are hard knocks. Yeah. Yeah, hard knocks. The only one I've ever watched is the Raiders. It, mm. Mm. Some seasons are better than others. The Cowboys seasons of any time they go behind the scenes is... Like, there's reality TV fake, and then there's what the Cowboys put yeah. out there as far as, like, <laughs> it's you know, a... it's really a family, and it shows his daughter, like, picking out what color combinations the jerseys are going to be, and it's like, this is not good TV. It's more of a crossover thing. I, my wife has no concern or no care about football, but she'll watch every episode of that. Really? Yes. Loves it. In fact, ask me, is it taped? Is it taped? I said, it's been taped for like 13 straight years. It just starts taping new episodes. Don't worry about it. But she won't watch a game. She doesn't even know I'm at games. Never mind if she watches them. So, <laughs> I, I, I mean, she doesn't even know where I'm at. But so, but Hard Knocks, like, religiously every week. What, what were we going to get his wife on the, on the show for on Friday? There was something. Well, we she were... knows I'm on a show. Then we'll get Well, her. okay. There was something. I can't remember what, but we were going to ask her questions about him. Spending money. Oh, no, it was it was him telling her that he was going to spend $1,000 to buy a family. Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah, we'll, yeah. we'll bring her live on yeah. here. I mean, and it will last two seconds because you hear a click on the other end, and then it would have been a bad bit because she will Then all stop. of a sudden, you're, you're, just, you're getting a call like, I don't know if Sam and Ash can represent me in the divorce. <laughs> no, but they can give me a good divorce lawyer. Uh, by the way, big morning for our fake horse high card. Oh, good Lord. Oh, no. Have you, has, off, have you been offered about more than $200? Uh, she has, no, we haven't. She has uh, three races, 10, 11, and 11.30 or something like that. <laughs> Why not race her back to back to yeah. back? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, listen, just wait till Starkus joins because he watched her two races last night. Um, she has three races this morning, and we're a little bit worried because she has not won yet. We've raced her four times. She is yet to win uh, despite having pretty good odds in every single one of these races. She did finish last in her most recent race, which is which, good, which is a good thing. So we're hoping she's she's got her best odds at long distance races. She finished last in a long distance race. So we're hoping this morning she's got three long distance races. If she can win one of them, finish last in another, finish second, then we'll we'll be looking good. If she finishes like fifth and eighth, brutal. Is nightmare. she a mutter? I don't know what that word means. These mutter. Are fake horses and there's no mud. That's my point. And so there's no weather patterns that goes into the, these horses. They said they're bringing weather at some they point. They have to. You yeah. have to bring. You're a mutter when it's raining and it's muddy, and you know the horses who win on that they're mutters. Yeah. They, so they, you got to get a mutter. So we'll yeah we'll see when they bring okay. the weather. What's going to be real fun is when they start selling like boosts for the horses, yes. and Tyler's <laughs> like. Well, we actually, we bet all of our money and we quadruple boosted our horse. We got DQ'd, but we get to keep the winnings. Oh, you'll convince your guys that completely juice. Oh, if, if they introduce fake horse steroids? Sure, yes. You'll be first in line. juicing immediately. Yes, exactly. Uh, no doubt about it. I don't even care what the punishments are. <laughs> we are roiding our horses high, up. High card will be so juiced, they'll come out of the starting gate and he'll be so juiced, he'll just fall over. That's like, fine. <laughs> like, there'll, there'll be a before and after picture yeah. of his head yeah, being exactly normal his head. size yes. and then his head being Barry Bonds. Yeah, does Bonds own that horse? If you don't think me, the Houston Astro fan, is going to cheat at fake horse oh, yeah. racing, it's, it's the greatest thing I could ever think of is getting being able to cheat at these races. It's going to be amazing. I do want to ask you quickly, because I don't have not seen, and I don't know why. Well, I do know why. Have you seen one predicted 
list that does not have the Raiders last or second to last? In the AFC West? No, just on anything. Offensive line, you're last. This, oh. you're last. Maybe Carr, but man, it just, and I'm not saying they don't deserve it. 17 out of 18 years, not in the playoffs. I get it. You know, believe it when you see it, but does anyone believe anything about that team? So here's the interesting one ESPN did a big power ranking for how teams are set up for the next three years. So this isn't for 2021. They're just looking at the roster. This is, yeah, for the next three years, who do they think are going to be the best teams? Who, which teams are set up to be successful right. over the next three years? The Raiders came in at 28th on this list, which, to your point, is not last or second to last. It's close, but it's not last or second to last. And the rankings here, so here's here's how they rank the teams. Overall roster, not including the quarterback, the quarterback, the coaching, the draft, and the front office. It's those five categories that they look at to basically determine how good a team's going to be over the next three years. Raiders quarterback got 14th. So they basically said Derek Carr in their quarterback situation, okay. 14th Literally best in the league. the most consistent thing anytime we talk to a foot football expert on this show is, you know, Derek Carr's between 10 and 16. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, the, the roster, not including quarterbacks, so all the other positions, yes. 27th. Mm, defensively. Coaching, 23rd. Okay. I actually think that one might be a little low. I think Gruden is generally a pretty good in-game, pre-game coach. Draft, 31. Oh, yeah. They're not getting any. Who's yeah. worse? They're not getting any points on the draft. Front office, 31. Who's worse? Well, I mean, oh, Houston, you're right. Yeah, I mean, you are I right. don't. That is, look, front the office. Texans are last and. Front office, I translate to Mayock. Mayock's drafts. There you go. I mean, that, you know, that, right? right I mean, right. because so, people were talking about Bedane the other day, and Mark Bedane did a great job of building the stadium. But if he wasn't here and he didn't build a Legion Stadium, you and I talked about it the other day, I don't know if anyone even knows who the presidents are of these teams. Right. Because it's all on the business side. So I know fans like, oh, that's our president. But I'll tell you what, they know the GM. And given their drafts recently, I, how? Like Jared said, who's below them? I, I don't know who's below them if he's 31. I have no idea. The Texans. Well, okay, the, the Texans, Texans okay, because the they Texans. hired a youth pastor. Okay. The Texans are 32nd okay. in every category except quarterback, quarterback, where they're 31st. Because they don't know whether they, or not well, they're Well, that's completely because jail. they don't know if he's playing. Yes. He's not 31st yes. if, in fact, if, he's playing. If Deshaun Watson's able to play again, they're, not they're, 31st. they're top 10 in that category. But I don't, you know, but Raider fans might be mad at it, but what would be the counter to, but, like, why you should be higher? Right, but here's my question on that if you're the Raiders. If your projection, if they're the 28th best team in football over the next three seasons, right? Like, they're this year projected to be roughly a, a bubble playoff team. Most most people are probably going to project them to be on the outside, not on the inside, but they're going to be close to the playoffs this year more than likely. But if they're the 28th best team over the next three years, we're talking, what, six years into John Gruden's tenure, and they're not... Be any, six years in, it'd be 19 out of 20, yeah, or 20 out of 21. And they're not any better than where they were when he took over. And, like, this is where I go back to, like, what's the Raiders' plan? To me, they should blow it up and try to rebuild again because the path they're currently on... Best case scenario, they make the playoffs and lose in the first round. Like, they're not on a path to win a Super Bowl. They're not on a path to be a contender to win the Super Bowl. They're on a path to be a playoff contender. And, like, yeah, they've only made it once in 17 years. But, like, that's not really the goal of an organization. So, Gruden's got a long enough contract. They should absolutely try to be rebuilding, not restocking to get from eight wins to ten wins. Their path is Jared's Bucks before Giannis, where you're kind of always in the middle. But you don't have a chance to win it, but you're kind of like in the purgatory of, well, you're not going to be like, well, now it's 17 games. So you're not going to be 1-16, in 16, 
but you're also not going to be 12 and five. Right. You're going to be nine and eight and hoping the tiebreakers yeah. work out to get in. Yeah. That's what you're going to be. And that's like, sure, they haven't made the playoffs in a long time. It'll be exciting if they do, but you're not really striving as an organization to sneak in as a wild card and lose in the first round. Well, I would hope not. I hope that's not their goal. But seems like it might be their, their reality. It shouldn't be their goal, yeah. right? But I mean, that's but that's it. when you look at these rankings, and like you said, you can't really argue with much of it. No. Uh, how can you say they're well, going to be any better than that? I don't think you can argue with any of it yeah. if you're looking at it unbiasedly in terms of, especially on the roster. I don't know what the percentage of, I don't know who did the rankings. My guess is the percentage of what you said, uh, everyone but the quarterback. I mean, that, the defense brought it down because there are good. <laughs> I mean, you have one of the best tight ends in football. You yeah. know, Jacobs is a solid running back. You have good players on offense. So that roster thing must have been oh, 90, defense. 90% yeah. defense, it's like 95% defense. Because who's a good defensive player? Johnny Kangakwe? Maybe. Right. Like, that's it. Who else is a good defensive player? Crosby's like an average defensive end. He's good for the Raiders, but he's, you know, about an average defensive right. end. Who else is good? Nobody else is good on that defense. Like A lot both, of first-round picks in the secondary. We're sitting here like, oh, Trayvon Morick, he might be good. Like, a lot that, of first-round yeah, picks. That's what it is. Carl Joseph, oh, his first-round pick. All right, coming up next, is Darren Millard joining us from Tokyo again? Maroon is not just a color. This is the VGK Update. With Darren Milsey Millard. So we do not have Darren Millard. Darren Millard, who does the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, AT&T Sportsnet pre and post game for the Golden Knights. Um, he's in Tokyo right now. He is calling handball and what other sport? Water polo. Water polo. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, water polo. And was he doing volleyball as well? Yes, beach volleyball. Beach volleyball. So he's But he's none of those have those. started. So where is this guy? Yeah, exactly. And who cares if it's 12:30 over there? So he's at a 7-Eleven. That is true. That's <laughs> that, what I wanted to ask. That is true. Him. He's having a Last slurpee week, right now. Last week he was supposed to be quarantined yes. and he was debating like breaking the law and going over to the He might be back at the airport in the room. Yeah, he got arrested. <laughs> <laughs> where are you taking me, jail? No, you're going back well, to the airport yeah, and putting well, you in that he room. He got stuck in that room, so maybe <laughs> yeah. We, we we could be making jokes, and he could be in real trouble. Yeah, uh, well. The good thing about these Olympics is we've heard nothing but positive things out of Tokyo. Like, hey, I've heard it's very quiet. Yes. Dan Wetzel tweeted a picture yesterday. How many millions of people are here? There's no one yes. on the street. It's yes. like, there's no one here. Like, Jesus. It's... It's insane. They're, yeah, they're having it while the city and the country yes. are just in lockdown. Did you read that, like, some of the, like, criminal underground has, like, come out and been like, this is such a stupid thing. You're just in danger. Like, people who are mafia people in Tokyo are like, this is such a bad idea. You well, the mafia take- people are like, there's no one around to rob. <laughs> Like, who, what kind of what kind of violence are we going to start when there's no one on the street? This, does, this isn't good for our business. So... Darren Millard not going to join us. Hopefully, we get him next week. I, I wanted to get his thoughts on the. Uh, he had some cool. He had some tweets. I think on the Kraken. I don't think. Uh, well, Cody Glass hadn't been traded as of last week, so we didn't get his thoughts no, on that either. No, we got some actual hockey to talk to him about, which we can try to avoid. Yeah, but we don't want to do that. Yeah. What if he's What if he's afraid because he knows I'd, I? I mean, have, we have too good a Kraken takes that he couldn't compete with us. I mean, okay, so I I can keep calling him if you guys would like. Oh, call, yeah, call him one more time. Yeah, call him one, call time. Him one more time. I just going to feel really bad if he was like, "Hello." He no, that would be great. Yeah, he agreed to come on. Don't, don't feel bad. That'd be great. This if he isn't did. like we're cold calling the guy. We talk no. to him every Thursday at eight thirty. He should know what his a, time slot is. He's in a different country. Doesn't mean anything. How we talked to him from that different country last week. So yeah, hopefully we get a hold of Darren Millard because. 
he, we have somebody in Tokyo. It's fun to talk to somebody yeah. in Tokyo, especially given how bizarre these are. Have you seen the cardboard beds? The what? The cardboard beds that the athletes have to sleep on? No. Oh, no. so the uh, beds for the Olympic athletes are made out of cardboard. And initially it was reported they were made out of ca- cardboard to discourage athletes from having sex with each other. I, I was my my weird thought was now going to be like the the condom machine is full and unlike most Olympics around the athletes village were like I, can you restock this thing? So the cardboard beds original like report I don't I I say report I think it was just like people tweeting about it was it was so the athletes couldn't have sex with okay. each other because they were trying to you right. know discourage athletes from intermingling as much as they possibly could. At the Olympics, um, I've seen on TikTok, Olympic athletes that are on TikTok posting, hey, here's what my cardboard bed looks like. They're actually like, they're actually pretty comfortable. Like you wouldn't know it's a cardboard bed, but they, the athletes have said, no, it's not to keep us from having sex with each other. It's just no. environmentally yeah. friendly. Olympic athletes, this just in, there've been many stories written about it with the condoms. We'll find a way. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, well, I don't know if the bed's going to the, deter them the best, from doing what they usually do to get their anxiety out. The best joke of it was these are the most fit humans in the world. Yes. I think they'll find a way to have sex yes, without the bed. without the bed. There's a floor. They can stand up. <laughs> well, like, Is you, there a mattress on the cardboard bed? Yes, there's a mattress. Yeah. You just don't know it's cardboard until yeah, you look just, at it. It's just a bed. The bed okay. frame yes, is it's made cardboard. out of cardboard. And it's environmentally friendly because this is all temporary, right? right. They don't want to have millions throw of bed frames that right. end in a landfill or whatever. It's supposed to be recyclable. So, yes. But it was, yeah, okay, you're going to keep them from having sex no. even though... No. They, they don't need a bed to have sex. No. Did you guys read any of the stories that the official condom of the o- Tokyo Olympics is losing like hundreds oh, of millions of dollars? Because, sponsorship. Because they were supposed to be like, they, they had a whole ad campaign. Oh. They were supposed to be the official spon- like condom yeah. sponsor of the Olympics. And they're like, come on, guys. Yeah. Let them. <laughs> what, what, I mean, you know, as long as they keep a mask on and use our product. <laughs> The other part of the cardboard beds is they can hold up to 440 pounds. Well, you got some wrestlers in there and some... Well, yeah, you might be a concern. Some weightlifters. Two shot putters probably shouldn't... Right. But most Olympic athletes weigh under 200 pounds. Yes, So, you know... Well, there you go. How much does it hold? 440 pounds. Oh, it's 80%. 80% you can intermingle. Gymnasts and soccer players are all like 5'2". I mean, like, not to go crazy, but with gymnasts, you get four people on that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, they're they're like 80 pounds. You start adding up the poundage. I'm just going to say, with the gymnasts, maybe you don't use the bed. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they are the ones you don't use the bed. Yes. This is not going to. This, do, is, this I am, is why we need Darren. I am surprised uh, that the sponsors of the condoms are like not happy because it's just not going to deter them. That's one of the great stories of the Olympics. Not great stories, but it's one of the. It's almost a cliche now. It's been written about so much because you were talking about very high level elite um, fit athletes who have just this intensity built up in them before their event, and literally. They have to sit around. Like, if you're a sprinter, you're kind of sitting around for a week till the prelims start, and I'm sorry. Like, you got a lot of bent-up frustration. Like, let's go, let's go. You've trained for your whole life. So, you know, and athletes, you think about athletes, they've been, like, very open on this. Like, they talk about it, like, freely. It's like, yeah. I mean, we're not just going to sit around. Yeah. Meanwhile, if you are the Italian softball team, you might have already been eliminated (laughs) from the Olympics. This is is the funniest part, though, is that – 
we have had at least two sports, softball and soccer are underway at the Olympics. I don't, maybe there are some other ones, but at least two sports are underway at the Olympics and the opening ceremonies aren't for like another, it happens like Friday, Friday here First at like Friday. 4 a.m. Yeah. or something like that. So basically 20 hours away. But like you've had sports going. Team USA softball has already played and yes, won two exactly. games. So like I'm not 100% sure what the uh, format is, but Australia's already played in, or excuse me, Italy's already, played, already played and played. lost two yes. games. They're 0-2. Are they eliminated already? I don't know about group play. I don't know. I haven't looked at the bracket, but uh, it would be funny because there's no one, especially shown back in America, there's no one at the opening ceremonies. Like, we're going to cut away to the medal ceremony for softball. <laughs> like, so, and the softball athletes, like Kat Osterman at 38 years old, getting her gold medal over the crosstown. Well, the opening ceremonies are taking place. You guys have already won the gold. And Italy's softball Italy, team's already Italy home. softball's been home for 48 we're going hours. to Zoom yeah. in Rome, where the Italian <laughs> softball team has landed after being eliminated in two days. Like, it, it, seriously, like softball and soccer, like, yep, here we go. The other thing that stood out about softball, you said today, and I read about it yesterday, I, I'm sorry, and I'm a big softball fan, so I kind of said that's kind of cheap on softball. They're playing on baseball fields, yeah. which I thought was like, are you serious? You've known you're having the Olympics, and you got an extra year, by the way, because <laughs> of COVID, and no one thought, hey, these women deserve a field to their dimensions of how they played their whole lives. Kat Osterman's 30. She's played this since she was like six, and she's on a baseball field? They are playing on a baseball field, and it's on turf, too. It's not even grass and dirt. It's no. turf. And yes. like, if you if you've seen it, they have, because softball bases are, what is it, 60 feet, not the 90 feet yes. that, ba- that uh, baseball bases yeah. usually are. The baseball infield is still there, but the bases yes. are much shorter. Which is just crazy. And so where the normal baseball bases are, there's just a big patch of brown turf over it, and it looks ridiculous. And, like, your right fielder standing in the infield dirt. Yeah, pop-up fences. It looks stupid. It, it, yeah. it looks like. It's dumb. It looks like the celebrity softball game. I was going to say. That they had at Major League Baseball's All Star game. I keep looking out. I keep looking out for like, um, who's our who, who's my Kirchin? fantasy player? Oh, your fantasy player, yeah, from DK from, Metcalf. Yeah, I'm, I I want DK Metcalf to show up at the Olympics. Yeah, and well, he'd strike out. But I mean, can you? He he would he would realize the field or, or be more comfortable in the field than actual softball players. Yeah. Like we haven't played on this since we were like five. The Coors Field temporary softball yes. field for DK could Metcalf be the Olympic field to strike out on a pitch from yes. Quavo. <laughs> was more legitimate than the Olympic yeah. softball field that I don't they're get playing that. on. I was watching them, and it took me two seconds to say, wait a minute, that's not even a real field. I have, you- a, I have a condom update. <laughs> they did wind up providing 160,000 condoms to the athletes with a note that said, please don't use these until you get home. Until you get home? <laughs> well, good luck with that. <laughs> that was the note? It's, like, it's literally like... All right, 22-year-old who's in the best shape yes. of his life, surrounded by people you'll never see yes. again. <laughs> Don't use until you get home. Until you get home? Like, is that the partying <laughs> gift? The best part is apparently this the, the condoms that the Olympics somehow got sponsored by this Japanese condom company were specifically designed to be extra thin but twice as strong. Is that on the package? I don't know. All I know is these are the best condoms you'll ever use. Don't use them. Is it an obvious thing to say their their welcome gift bags have condoms in it? Well, not that. Not anymore. Maybe in the past. 
I mean, because I'm sure to, I'm sure they're handed a welcome gift. Bag. That's to probably not discourage the sex. So it's Rio, the, it's the parting gift. It's Rio, the, they gave them leave. condoms and then put up vending machines that didn't have like you didn't have to put money in it. You just had to like press a button and it would just be like, here you go, please, yes, please be safe. <laughs> Tyler, do Tyler's just done. No, you know what I'm mad about with the Olympics. What? What? <laughs> it's in Tokyo and everything's on at 1 and 4 a.m. This is brutal. Everything's tape delayed for us. It's yeah. brutal. Yeah. Like, well, and in the Friday night, <laughs> I mean, those opening ceremonies, by the time we watch them, every sport will be underway <laughs> and some will have been unlimited. It's like, what? There's there's three things I love about the Olympics. Number one is like watching like the normal sports, like our women's soccer team, our men's basketball team, our women's basketball team. I like watching those sports in, at the Olympics level. I also, you, you, everybody loves the like the people that are transcendent stars, right? Michael Phelps, Usain Bolt this year, it'll right. be like Simone Biles. But the other thing I love about the Olympics is tuning in to some sport that I would have never considered watching, and all of a sudden, I'm watching it at just a random time of the day, cheering for some people I've never heard of right. because they're wearing an American flag. Yeah. I love that so much, but all of that's going to be happening while well, I'm sleeping because it's at 3 a.m. and I you'll can't You'll still get the chance, that. but you'll know who won. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're going to already be know a, the NBC will have it on at 3 p.m. and it'll be like, this happened 12 hours I'll ago. I'll still watch the American Hoops. I'll watch softball. There's not much, though, on a tape delay. If I know who won, I'm going to watch. I, I mean, I'll watch Katie Ledecky. There's certain things I'll watch, but like yeah. you said, there'll be some like, I already know they won or lost. Like, doesn't matter. So I'll have seen the Simone Biles highlight on Twitter right. 16 times right. by the time the tape delay comes right. out. I mean, it's being broadcast live. You can wake up and well, watch Well, if you want to wake up at 4 a.m. But yeah, I'm not. It's, it's such an inconvenient time. All right, coming up next. Uh-oh, our Sharp's getting pretty hot. He got lucky yesterday, though. It's time to find the sharp. Brought to you by PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. All right, Matt got a walk-off win from the Rays yesterday. His streak is now up to three. Got to get to nine to win the Antonio Brown jersey. But if you get to five, we'll have a special deal or no deal style offer for you. So, Matt, where would you like to go with your pick for today? Well, uh, I wanted the Padres, but the uh, Marlins won't list the pitcher, so I'll go with the Yankees and the Red Sox over the total. You're afraid of the Marlins listing a pitcher? No, it's not on the books yet. There's no line on it. We don't care about the line. We'll give you the, right, Padres, give the Padres if you... Okay, we'll give... Lines are irrelevant. We just want to give away a damn jersey. Sounds good to me. All right, you got <laughs> the Padres. If they win, you'll be up to four, and we'll be calling you again tomorrow. Thanks, Matt. All right, thank you. Uh oh, Blake Snell on the road. <laughs> oh, for God's sake! <laughs> Is it Snell tonight? Mm. <laughs> Marlins might pitch Maddie. It's the Marlins. Ma- Marlins might pitch Maddie. Lean, they'll have a shot. <laughs> Blake Snell on the road. His splits are bad. Blake Snell has. <laughs> Blake Snell had one really good season where he won a Cy Young. Yes. One really good postseason run where he got taken out. Well, he got taken out, and, and Mookie Betts then hit a double to win the game. And everybody thinks he's a great pitcher, but the rest of his career, he's been... Oh, very average. Average. Yeah. And this year, he's worse than average. Yes, this on year the is... road. Oh. I would have stayed with the Yankees <laughs> and Red Sox. By the way, I do have one NL West question for you. Why are the Rockies so good at home? Uh, elevation? Okay. Yeah. They they have the they have nine road wins this season. They have the worst record on the road in baseball. 
Their home their home record is like second best. Don't they do this every year? No, they are not no. this good. Not, not this good. The, no, okay. not this good. It's. I mean, I only know. I can only tell you what I saw last. And the CSN kid grooved the uh, fastball to Blackman. He went yard. So maybe grooved that's it. it. Yeah, he grooved it. The CSN kid. The kid <laughs> who, kills me. Who most is nights. the CSN kid? Who are we talking about? <laughs> the the pitcher of Dodgers. He went to CSN. Um, There's he, a pitcher he, on the Dodgers that yes. went to CSN? Yes. Not, and you don't know his name? I do know his name. It's, it's mistaking me. Was sure. it a reliever? Yes. Oh, okay. I have no idea who this Chasen? is. Jason? I uh, thought that guy played for the Mets. Maybe I... This is yeah, this is radio. riveting radio. No. We're doing a phenomenal job here Jared with and Ed Google. Yes. yes. Okay. It's just taking this long to find who the kid is who went yeah, to CSN? It's, taking, it's, it's actually taking oh this long. Oh, my God. Phil, Bick, Phil Bickford. Phil Bickford went to CSN. And he got rocked by the Rockies. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember his name because I scream at him every time he comes in a game. All right. Uh, well, I mean, you know, 2.63, but every time oh. I see the guys, I get You complain about everybody on yes. this pitching staff, yes. and they all have an ERA under three. <laughs> oh, well, Jared's we'll at 90. J- yeah, J- 945. I, don't get me in. I have Kenny a basketball Jansen. question for you that we didn't get to yesterday. So the Bucks win the title at home. There were 60,000 people outside the arena in the Deer District. Would you or would you not want to watch your favorite team win a title in an environment like the Deer District? In 2021, maybe not. We'll take 2021 out of it. Oh. Just a non-pandemic year. If I couldn't get in. You're saying I can't get into yeah, the game. Yeah, you, you don't have tickets to the game. Would you want to watch your team in a title game or a chance to win a title in that environment? No, I'd watch it from home. I, I was going to say it depends on the area. Like, if it's power and light in Kansas City, yeah, I probably would watch the Super Bowl there. If it was, Oh, would you? If it was, like, down on Fremont somewhere, probably would watch some, <laughs> no. like watch it there. But, uh, no, like, the middle of Milwaukee. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm probably all right. We, you're going to know Milwaukee better than I did. I've been there several times, but you'll know this better than I would. Um, when I saw that the other night, and this is a weird thing to think about, but I literally thought, my God, how, where'd they all park? That's no. That, I mean, that's how the many? Other what's thing. that? What's that arena fit? Twenty, probably. Yeah. And okay. They were estimating then you're 60, adding sixty. Then outside. you're adding sixty. You're near a hundred thousand because they actually they I had some numbers on the TV and I'm like, ah, they're inflating it a little. Someone said it's a hundred thousand people. But if there were sixty, where is is public transportation great in Milwaukee? And I'm asking that having no clue. They just walk out of the woods in Wisconsin. I mean, in some cabin somewhere. <laughs> There's also was a Sasquatch. What do you yeah. mean out of the woods? It's Wisconsin. There's an element to the it being Wisconsin is also why I don't want to be there because I was looking for I, like like your damn Dodgers hat. I was looking for like a, hat. a, a, a shirt something. Right, right. Let's just say I could have got as many extra smalls and smalls yes, as I yes. wanted. Large through four yes. X yep. sold out within an hour. Oh. That would have been a thick group of 60,000. It might have fit 100,000 if they were regular-sized people. Five minutes after uh, five minutes after the World Series, you went to Fanatics, it was the same way. Like, three sizes were sold out. It was just like, oh, my God. My main question for the Deer District, how many of those people could actually see the game on the screen? Because they had a couple of, from the, t- from the camera shots, they had a couple of screens set up. But they weren't, like, overly big. Like, it wasn't like they had some, oh, this is a 100-foot screen. Like, I'm pretty confident less than half of the 60,000 people could actually see the damn game on these screens. So if you're saying if you go 
let's say, take half of them, the back half just waits till the front half jumps up yes, and down. And like, and something cheering. happened. They start jumping yes, up. Because absolutely. when you see the overhead shot, they're all jumping up and down. Right. So the, I thought they all knew something well right. good happened. Um, there's no chance I would want to watch my favorite team in that environment. You don't Zero like people. Zero chance. I don't. When, I, when the Astros won the World Series, I was sitting on my couch alone in the dark. The dark? Yeah, it, I just Jesus. didn't turn the lights on the That's whole time. a little time. weird. Yeah. When the, when the Cubs beat the uh, Indians, I was climbing furniture, like walking, like I was in such a panic. At home? Yeah, I was... Th- yeah. I There's fell no, off a chair. Yeah. Like, yeah, me me out in public when my team wins is no, a terrible. There if it's your team, chance. you want to be able to watch it. You right. don't want to be confused or like you know interrupted right. by people around. You want to watch every pitch, every game, every play. Yeah, there's zero chance I was going somewhere. I think I would though. I don't know why it's different, but like United States in the World Cup, I will go to a okay. like bar. To I've watch been to that I've been to, three or four times. I've been to bars in the United States in the World Cup. I don't know why that's different, but I absolutely would. I would never do it for the Astros.